Welcome to another episode of the Dave Stockbridge Podcast. Well, the sun is shining, the birds are singing, stay from real, and thanks so much for joining me on the podcast once again. Every week I am to bring you news and information that I hope helps you make and save tens of thousands of dollars, and it's in that vein that I've been talking about purple bricks now for the last year or so, and more recently you would have been receiving my emails if you're on our mailing list, and uh, seeing exactly what my thoughts were with respect to the future of purple bricks, and well now purple bricks is dead. And so the big question is, so why did real estate agents hate them so much? So the disruptor, the innovator, the revolutionary brand is now dead. Purple Bricks' demise has not been as well publicized by the mainstream media, but uh, there may have been, that may have had something to do with the millions of dollars Purple Bricks injected into their coffers over recent times. But the death of Purple Bricks has been shared extensively by agents on the on social media networks uh, who are now openly celebrating the demise of a company that uh, endured a toxic relationship with the rest of the real estate fraternity from its inception. By the way, Purple Bricks wore that real estate industry's ire as a badge of honor and proudly exclaimed that this was indeed proof that they were keeping the bastards honest. Uh, there was never really much truth to that at all. That played well for Purple Bricks as they leveraged the rocky relationship the real estate industry has with the public, continuously relegated to the bottom of any most trusted profession list, along with used car salesmen, politicians and journalists. There was no doubt that the public had an appetite for an alternative to the traditional agent model and was curious as to what Purple Bricks had to offer. This may also explain why Purple Bricks seemed to enjoy an early flurry of goodwill from a public willing to give a maverick newcomer a go. Purple Bricks positioning as an outsider and disruptor was warmly welcomed by the general public early on and attracted attention from those home sellers that didn't already have an established relationship with a real estate agent. But the shine soon came off as reports of poor service, unkept promises and the sanctioning by consumer protection authorities interstate became public knowledge. What Purple Bricks underestimated also was to the extent that people already have a preferred real estate agent. They also severely underestimated what an agent does in Australia. In any international group, for instance, Australian agents rank amongst the top echelons of agents from around the world. In my nine years of working with the world's number one real estate brand, Remax, which had over 110,000 agents at the time I worked with them, it was always Australian agents that occupied the top 100. As a matter of fact, more than half of them at any given point in time were Australians. The best Australian agents are sophisticated marketers and highly sophisticated communicators and have been working in a deregulated fee environment now for some 30 years and so understand exactly what the market expects for their money. In this context, Purple Bricks found it hard to break through. In fact, their low service model was not matched by a low enough fee to compensate and people soon saw the value on offer as not as compelling as initially thought. This was compounded by a marketing campaign that was entrenched in a massive legacy spend at a time when the best agents have moved to digital and social to connect with their marketplaces. So for all the talk of being a disruptor, it was curious to see them spend over $10 million on old school media like TV advertising and 
print media, given the industry has moved much more to innovative means, much more innovative means over the last 24 to 36 months to communicate with the public. There is yet to be a real estate brand, in fact, that has been able to generate a sufficient flow of vendor inquiry from TV advertising. And yet this was Purple Brick's whole strategy. When the TV strategy didn't work, they executed their Facebook campaign with an equally record-breaking spend for a real estate brand and all to no avail. In fact, the most recent Facebook campaign blew up in the marketing team's lap as critical comments from unhappy customers proliferated the comments section and so infecting the Facebook news feeds of tens of thousands of Australian adults with negative comments about Purple Bricks. It seemed that either Purple Bricks didn't understand the Australian real estate landscape or had a marketing team that didn't understand that brand is secondary to the sales agent in real estate. But why did the real estate fraternity hate Purple Bricks so much? Well, simply, if Purple Bricks had proven to be a success, then every notion of traditional real estate agency management and service delivery would have been, well, obsolete. Agents in Australia over the last 20 or so years have worked hard to develop databases, mailing lists, sales funnels, online and social presences. The best agents get deeply involved in their communities and like us, they sponsor local sporting clubs, community events and associations and help them raise funds as well. The best agents have developed means to keep in touch in relevant ways and have become great sources of information for their respective communities. If Purple Bricks had survived, it would have laid waste to two decades of work here. Best agents in the industry have invested to better deliver our services. So the threat was real, but was never as potent as anticipated because the best agents in Australia are among the best in the world. And unlike our peers uh, in countries like Purple Bricks, where perhaps the skill set of the agency isn't so, or agents generally isn't so high. So what is the future for real estate now that Purple Bricks has flopped? Well, the future is not going to be based around fee discounting or payment methods, but around value and convenience. The agent that adds the greatest value and makes for the most convenient wins. It's that simple. For instance, I've been project managing the refurbishment of about half a dozen homes or so a year for clients. This is not a service I charge for, but one I undertake for my clients because I know how I can add even further value to the property and of course, to my services. We also produce property videos to our clients and often at no extra cost because again, it's a way we can create more awareness and add further value to the consumer experience. It can seem I do more or less, but the reality is that in the fullness of time, I'm generating more referrals, which means I spend less on marketing to attract those additional clients. Purple Bricks didn't get that. They weren't competing against the worst agents in the industry, but indeed the best. They didn't get that the best agents do so much more for their fee. They are local, community-minded, and always creating new ways to add value. From my perspective, I think it's great to see that this approach of engaging with and being a valuable member of the community works 
so much better than spending millions of dollars on Channel 7. It's a relief that a company just can't come in here and buy market share. And it's great that the community strongly supports the agents that support them. Purple Bricks just wasn't one of those agents. And so it is. Purple Bricks is no more. Some say I called it months ago. Uh, indeed, I did. And if you do follow my newsletters, you'll certainly, you don't have to dig too far deep to find uh, what I've been talking about with respect to uh, the unsustainable model that Purple Bricks uh, was built upon. So what's coming up next and what the trends are in the future? Certainly keep tuning in because I'm calling it every time. I called it that the market would come off the boil. I called it that the Royal Banking Royal Commission was going to have a substantial effect and one that we just couldn't predict at the time and it has. Uh, when it comes to market changes and the oscillations that occur uh, out there in the real estate market, there's one thing for sure. Some agents just make the best of it. Other agents are predicting what is likely to happen and preparing and positioning their clients accordingly. So if you're thinking about selling, what should you do right now? Well, you should find the best agent you can afford. He's going to provide you with the very best advice possible because now is not a time to be chancing your sale with an agent that hasn't experienced a market that is faltering and it certainly is doing that right now. It's become increasingly patchy since Christmas and the expertise of a good agent uh, is what potential home sellers need to be seeking out to make sure they're navigating their way correctly through this um, very difficult time. Thanks again for tuning in. Uh, once again, I hope to bring you another five or 10 minutes of real estate information that helps you make and save tens of thousands of dollars next week. I'm Dave from Real and we'll speak with you more then. Thanks for tuning in again to this episode of the Dave Stobridge Podcast. Please follow us on Facebook or subscribe to us on iTunes and we look forward to bringing you more next week.